John chapter 6, verse number 37, Jesus is speaking here, and he says, All that the Father, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast out. Father, thank you for your word. I pray it would be lodged in a heart and that what you have sent it to accomplish would be done. Change us, Lord, the way we think, the way we speak, our conduct, our actions, our reactions. Change us today by your word as we give you thanks for that. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to continue in our focus on invitations. We're looking throughout scripture, started in Genesis and we will end in a couple of weeks, the Lord willing, in Revelation, just the various invitations that are found in Scripture. Invitations from God, invitations from God's people. Here is an invitation from Jesus. I wonder, is there anyone here today that's ever felt rejected or neglected? You ever felt skipped over? passed by, unwanted, or unwelcome? Do you ever feel like the oddball at the party if you were even invited? The ugly duckling? Do you ever wonder if anybody even knew you were in the room? Do they even know you existed? Do they care if you existed? This invitation is an invitation to be accepted. I think all want to be accepted. In fact, some grow, go to great lengths in order to be accepted. Some will change their appearance. They'll change how they look. They'll change their hair. They'll change their clothing. They'll, they'll change their attitude, their actions. They're one way over here, that's the real them, but because they want to be accepted, they morph into someone else and they start talking in a way that they just never would talk. Acting certain ways, dressing different ways, just because they want to be accepted. I tried to find my place in the crowd growing up and I, 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 I stumbled along the way. I didn't fit in with the, the jocks because I wasn't, I wasn't gifted athletically. So I couldn't fit there. But I wanted to, but it, it just, they wouldn't let me in. I wasn't very smart. I had to work hard for my grades. So I couldn't even hang with the, the geeks, you know just tried to find my place and at times I felt like I didn't belong to any group. You ever felt that way? Just like you're wandering through life, neglected and rejected and not fitting in, not being accepted. This invitation is for you. I believe all of us from some, at some point in our lives have felt this and all of us want to be accepted. You'll find this, this acceptance if you will accept the invitation from Jesus. And it's an invitation with no strings attached. You can just come to him like you are. 
I love that about Jesus. He just opens up his arms. He says, come. And whoever does come to me, I will accept them. No strings attached. And I will by no means cast them out. And notice in our text here, notice he says, the one who comes to me. He doesn't say the ones. He's just, even if it's just you, even if it's just me, just one. Even the one who comes to me, I will accept them and I will by no means cast them out. I want you to jot down just a few things, a few thoughts that, that came up from the pages in my heart as I prepared this and I want to share them with you today. First of all, to be accepted, you've got to come to Jesus. And to come to Jesus is to receive Jesus. All that the Father gives me will come to me. This is the first step in your acceptance, by the way. And the one who comes to me, you've got to come to Jesus. A lot of people know about Jesus. A lot of people talk about Jesus. They've even tried to use his name in a disgraceful way, our society, the world. But to no avail, his name still stands. It still is above every other name. And it will stand through the ages and it will stand the test of time. It's not enough to know the name. It's not enough just to know about Jesus. It's not enough that your parents knew Jesus or your grandparents knew Jesus. You have to come to Jesus and get to know him. When you come to him, you've got to accept him. You want to be accepted? Accept the one who will accept you with no strings attached. And I love this. There's nothing complicated about this invitation. He just says, the one who will come to me. Nothing said about religious ceremony and certain things that you've got to do in order to come to him. Nothing about good works. Nothing about good looks. There's nothing about giving money to him. He just says, come to me. Just like you are. When you come to him, you receive him. And receiving him is about transfer. You transfer your faith when you come to Christ. You come to him and you decide, I'm going to accept him. I'm going to receive Christ. You hear pastors like me, you hear evangelists, you hear, you hear ministers, they'll say, does anybody want to accept Christ? Does anybody want to receive Christ? Y'all heard this? Maybe that's how you responded when you, when you came to Christ. When you receive him, you transfer your trust and your faith to him. Now, before I came to Christ, I put my trust in, in other people, in certain things, in my job, in some of my family, but mostly I put my trust in me because I wanted to be in control. And God hurt me. This is how I was thinking before I came to Christ. God hurt me or at best, uh, at least, I guess, he allowed me to be hurt. But finally, I transferred that trust and I put my faith in Christ. And by the way, my trust, trusting in myself, didn't always work out like I thought it would. 
In fact, many times, trusting in myself, I fell flat on my face. Does anybody understand what I'm saying today? But I finally transferred my trust, and, and get this, I, I transferred my trust to a, a person, if you will, a God, an entity, a deity that I've never seen, that I've never talked to, or, or actually I've talked to him but since then, but at that point, I, I'd never had a conversation with him. You, you follow me? I never heard his voice. I never went out to coffee with him. He never came to my house. I never went to his house. I, it was, you want to talk about trust? Deciding to receive Christ that I've never seen, never heard. That's a step of faith right there. But I did this because I became keenly aware that I needed help. Look at your neighbor and just tell him with love, you need help. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And tell him, wake up if anybody's sleeping out there. You need help. I need help. I became keenly aware that I needed help because I realized that I was a sinner. Romans 3.23 makes it very clear that I wasn't the only one because it says all have sinned. And all fall short of the glory of God. So the reason I transferred my trust from myself and other things to a God, to a person that I'd never seen or, or, or heard was because... I realized I was in sin. I also understood that there was nothing that I could do to save myself. Titus 3.5 says it's not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Is anybody thankful here today for salvation? A lot of people doing a lot of good things. It makes it very clear here in Titus. No, no amount of good deeds and right works, works of righteousness, they're, they're good things. None of that can save you from sin. I realized I needed help. I was a sinner. I recognized that I couldn't save myself. I needed help. And I stopped then trying to work my way to God. See, some people say, Mickey, once I stop doing this, maybe you've heard this, maybe you've, maybe you've witnessed to somebody and they say, oh, I'm so, I'm so far gone that I got to get cleaned up first, right? I got I to gotta quit doing this and I got to stop going there and I got to let this go and then I'll finally come to Christ. And it's like we can work our way and clean ourselves up to at least some degree before we come to Christ. Well, you can never clean yourself up enough to come to Christ. You can't let go of all the things and then come to Christ. He just says, come as you are. So I stopped trying to work my way and found out that it was by grace I have been saved through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. It's not of myself. It was the gift of God, not of works, so that I couldn't boast and neither could anybody else. You can't work your way into heaven. You can't work your way, clean yourself up to some point, and then come to Christ. He just opens up his arms and he says, come to me just like you are. You've got to decide, I'm going to come to Christ, and I'm going to receive him. I'm going to accept him. You want acceptance? You've got to accept Christ, first of all. Step number two 
thought number two, really, to come to Jesus is to be received by Jesus. See, I talked to you for a few minutes about deciding to accept Christ, deciding to receive him. But have you ever had a one-way relationship? You're all in. You'll do everything. You'll bend over backwards in order to have that friendship with that person. But they only want to have a, a relationship with you when it's on their terms. And if somebody better comes along, you're kicked to the curb. You ever had a relationship like that? There's nothing more frustrating. Because you're all in. Your whole heart, your whole mind, you're all in. And they're only a partial way in. Maybe not even halfway in. And it's all on their terms. But when you come to Christ and you decide, I want you in my life, then he says, watch this, I want you in my life. Do you ever think about that? There's, there is the matter to think about, Christ wants you. You come to Christ and you decide, I'm going to accept him. Like this is a big deal, and it is a big deal. But how about the bigger deal being Christ accepts you? He receives you. He receives you, and he receives you just like you are. All that the Father, go back to our text, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me, I will by no means cast aside or cast out. Those who come find Christ's arms open wide to receive them, and he accepts you just like you are. Billy Graham, at the conclusion of every crusade, I believe that he ever, ever, uh, ever uh, was part of. He gave this hymn as an altar call, just as I am. And he would tell the people, crusade after crusade, year after year, all you have to do is just come to Christ. His arms are open wide to you. Just come to him and he will receive you. He will accept you just like you are. When you seek the Savior, you'll find a Savior that's been seeking you. One of my favorite life verses is Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I love this because it tells me that long before I came to Him and decided that I would receive Him and decided that I would accept Him, He had been looking for me. He had been seeking me. He had been waiting on this very day, waiting on this very moment. You come to Him and you'll find that He's been seeking after you. When you receive the Savior, you'll find a Savior that will receive you. And in that moment, Look what happens. We become the children of God. Romans 1.12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe on his name. Do I have anybody here today that would just raise a hand and say, I've decided and I believe on his name. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody testify today. All the believers in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You have then become a child of God. Men, you are sons. You are in God's eyes as a son. How many fathers do I have in the room? Can you imagine what you would do for your child? 
and, do you, and, the, and the pride that wells up in you, the joy that you have being a father. I mean, I've had a little bit of fun here saying I'm thankful that my kids are, are away for a few days, but I'm also very anxious for them to pull back into the parking lot and unpack their things back into their proper place. That's the father in me. How many mothers do I have here? I, I, I think the mothers would outdo the fathers as far as, as uh, you know, laying on the tracks for a child. I mean, don't, don't get in the way of a mother that's, that's fighting for her child. Now, now, think about this. It says that we're the children. We've become the children of God. So you're like a son, men. Ladies, you're like a daughter. And that's how Father God thinks about us. He gets frustrated with us. He's glad when we take a three-day vacation, I'm sure, you know. <laughs> Not really. But I, I'm sure we frustrate him, right? He, he's probably saying, I wish they'd get that. I wish they'd finally learn that. But we're children of God, sons and daughters. It gets better than that. We're heirs of God. Has anybody ever received uh, uh, an inheritance from uh, a loved one that passed? Anybody? How'd that make you feel? Bonnie, what, how'd that make you feel? Did you have mixed emotions? I would think you'd have mixed emotions. I've never received an inheritance, so I don't know, but I'm thinking I'd have mixed emotions. I'd be sad that somebody had to die in order to, for me to get money or jewelry or some property or whatever it might be. But I think I'd be glad that I got something. Jesus died so that we could have an, an inheritance. Oh, I don't think anybody really got that, but think about it. Somebody had to die in order for you to have an inheritance physically, those who raised their hand. And somebody had to die so we could have an inheritance, and it was Jesus Christ. He died, and, and we receive him, and we believe in his name. And, and we're children of God, sons and daughters of God. And Romans eight seventeen says, if we're the children of God, then we're heirs of God. And we're joint heirs with Christ Jesus, if indeed we suffer with him. Uh-oh, I think I should have probably whited that out. No, not everybody wants to talk about suffering with him, but anyway. Heirs and joint heirs with Jesus. When we take that step and make our decision, I'm coming to Christ, and now I've decided I'm going to receive Christ, I'm going to accept Christ, then Christ says, well, I'm going to receive you, and I'm going to accept you, and there's a whole lot of benefits that come with this decision. Number three, when we come to Jesus, and receive him, he receives us, and then we receive everlasting life. <laughs> this may be the best part of the whole joining together and, and the relationship coming together of us and Jesus. We get eternal life. You ever had a friendship that had some benefits? I have a friend that every season gets the angel, uh, angel season tickets. Well, he can't go to all the games. And so every season, he, he'll call me and he'll say, hey, 
pick a game that you want to go to. Here's the ones I'm going to, but here's the ones that I won't be able to attend. And I want you to at least have one of these games. And he lets me have one of the angel games. And it's a great, great seat. And it's, it's always two tickets at least. I get two tickets. I took, I took Butler last year, and we went on a daddy-daughter date. It was really awesome. But it was a benefit of actually having a friendship with this particular person. And I love that. You know, when you have a relationship with Jesus and a friendship with Jesus, did you know that it has benefits? There are benefits that come along. Benefit number one, he accepts you just like you are. When I came to him, I had some baggage. I had issues. I still got issues. Huh? Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I got issues. I'm going to be honest with you today. But when I came to Jesus, I had even more issues. I was young and dumb, and I was angry. After all, God hurt me. This is my thinking. Or God allowed me to be hurt. Either way, I didn't like it. I woke up one day, and my mother was gone. And when I say gone, she didn't go to the target. She had died in the night and I didn't even get a chance to say goodbye to her I was so angry and I decided to turn from God nobody talked me into it I remember talking to a friend of mine Scott Douglas was his name and he had just recently experimented with marijuana and got high and I said I want to do this and I, I asked him to set this up for me. And I did it all out of rebellion. Nobody was pushing me into this. I was mad. And I wanted to do anything I could to hurt God, like this would hurt God, because I felt like God hurt me. I'm not, very, I'm not proud of that at all, believe me. I'm, I'm ashamed of it. But I want to tell you something. You know, they, they say that the Holy Spirit is like the hound of heaven. Has anybody ever heard that phrase? It's really true. The Holy Spirit wouldn't let me go. He just lovingly and relentlessly kept pursuing me and drawing me to Jesus, to come to Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's guiding us, comforting us, helping us, but ultimately that first, that first role of the Holy Spirit is convicting and bringing us to a place where we will come to Jesus. And so I just came to him one day, November the 14th. I, I know if you've been here for a long time, you, you've heard my, my testimony. But I vowed to God I would say it as often as he wanted me to. But it was November the 14th, 1982. I finally came to him with all of my issues, all of my anger, all of my disappointment, my frustration. I just came to him. He accepted me. I'm talking to you just for a few minutes before I close about the benefits. First benefit, he just accepted me like I was. He said, whoever comes to me, I will by no means cast them out. I didn't have to clean myself up. I couldn't clean myself up. I didn't have to let go of some things and go through anger management first and, 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 and whatever. I just came to him. I came to him and I just, I just, I surrendered. I said, God, I can't run from you anymore. I don't want to run from you anymore, but I'm, I'm, I'm hurt. 
But here's what, here's the benefit, the next benefit. He took me like I was, but he went to work quickly changing me. Anybody glad that God didn't leave you like he found you? And when you decided to accept him and he accepted you, he took you like you were, but immediately he started chiseling away all of the, all of the things that, that came upon your heart and all that hardness and all the hurts that had happened over time and over the years. And he started putting on this balm and putting on this salve and putting on this healing that is supernatural and it's hard for me to even describe to you today. He took me like I was, but he didn't leave me that way. He started remaking me and reshaping me and remolding me. Hallelujah. I thank God that he started changing me after I accepted him and he accepted me. And leave you like he found you. Then there's bonus benefits. Somebody say bonus benefits. Oh yeah. Pastor Moses quoted this scripture on last Sunday, getting us ready for Thanksgiving. And I'm telling you, Pastor Moses, this has just resonated in my soul and in my spirit this whole week. It's Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Here they are. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah! Is there anybody here today you're thankful for the bonus benefits of finding Christ, accepting Christ, and Him accepting you? We used to sing, count your blessings. Name them one by one. That's a good way to do it right there. You put that somewhere where you're reminded every day that you are blessed. You are highly favored by God. And there are benefits from, from this relationship and this friendship that you have. And I've saved the best for last. The best benefit that you could ever hope to have. It's eternal life. And what I'm saying to you is... I could be healed by Jesus on this earth. In fact, I have been. On more than one occasion, I have been. But I could decide at any point I'm not going to follow him anymore. And I believe that just as Dan's healings are intact, so my healings would be. But I could, I could decide that I'm not going to follow him anymore. I'm not going to serve him anymore. And I would lose the very best benefit of eternal life. Everlasting living. This is the greatest benefit of finding Christ, coming to Christ, receiving Christ, accepting Christ, and Him receiving and accepting you. Then you accept the gift. You receive the gift. The gift is everlasting life. Let me read on from our text. There's just a few more verses that will tie this all together. And Pastor Moses, I want you to come as we close this. Verse 38 of John 6. Jesus begins to explain, this is my whole purpose for coming. I've come from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of the Father, the one who sent me. And this is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me, I should lose none, but raise them up at the last day. This 
is the will of the Father who sent me. That everyone who sees the Son, look at this, and believes in him, they would have everlasting life. And I'll raise them up on the last day. There's a great getting up morning coming. There's a resurrection day ahead. Oh, and it might be sooner than you think. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Somebody say, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Hallelujah. Hmm. There's a great getting up morning coming. Hallelujah. I can get happy right there. We'll no longer have pain in these bodies. There'll be no need for anointing oil in this place. We won't have to call elders to come and pray for the sick. I won't have to, uh, uh, have to get to lead people in a sinner's prayer. We had a lady give her heart to the Lord in the first service. <laughs> I hope it still excites you. I hope it still thrills you. It does me. Even one. But I won't, I won't get that privilege. Won't need to in this place. Because only those who believe on his name now. You see, Jesus, if you'll back up, maybe you could do that this afternoon. He's, he's trying to explain who he is. I'm the bread from heaven, and whoever eats of this bread will never hunger again. Whoever drinks of this water will never thirst again. And he says, you know, you all have seen me. Look at 36, 35, 34. Look back. He said, but the ones who believe in me that have never seen me, that's us. And they come to me, I will by no means cast them out. I'll accept them just like they are. You want to be accepted? Come to Christ. Accept him. You'll find that he's ready to accept you. And when you do, you get all the benefits of this relationship. Especially everlasting life. Every head bowed in this room. Let me first ask, is there even one in this service that you haven't taken that initial step of coming to Christ, accepting Christ, receiving Christ, I want to pray for you first. If you're here today and you would say, I, I'm ready to come to Christ. I'm ready to receive him. Accept him. Pray for me. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand. You can put it right back down. Thank you. You're ready today to come to him and accept him. Asking him to forgive you of your sin. Asking him to come into your life, and be a part of your life. Basically, you're saying, I want a relationship with Jesus. I want a relationship with the Father. If that's you, slip up your hand. Join this one who's already slipped up her hand. Anyone else? Let me look up in the balcony. Is there anybody here? Anybody else here? 
this could be the day that changes everything for you. It, 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 it will be if you respond, if you accept this invitation and come to Jesus. If you've lifted your hand, I want you to come now and let us pray with you. Come and let us pray with you. We're going to pray a prayer with you and lead you in a sinner's prayer, receiving Jesus, and he's receiving you. Debbie, help me pray her through today. Pray with her. Is there anyone else? You're ready to come to Christ and accept him? I also want to pray for anybody that you feel unaccepted. feel neglected and rejected maybe like you always have to try to morph into something else and someone else and do all of these things in order to be accepted but really deep down in your heart you just want to be you if that's you I want you to put your hand up and put it right back down I want to pray for you thank you I'll pray for you right where you are I'm not asking you to move from where you are but I do want to pray for a few folks that may feel unaccepted. Come on, lift your hand and put it right back down. Anyone else? Father, you see the hearts. You see the hurts, Lord. And this, this great congregation of, of believers, this family, some of us, God, from time to time feel unaccepted. And I pray for those especially in this room that today they would recognize your outstretched arms, accepting them just like they are. God, build faith and trust and hope in them today. Encourage them, Lord. Accept them just like they are. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live standing come on have your way lord i give you my heart lord i give you my heart my soul i give you my soul live for you alone live for you alone every breath that i take the moment i'm Let God's will be done in your life. Find acceptance as you accept this invitation just to come to Him. I'm so thankful for Jesus today, loving me just like I am, and changing me for the better. Aren't you thankful today? Amen. I want to remind you just before Pastor Moses dismisses us in prayer today, come, come meet us here tonight at 5 o'clock. I think we're just going to have a really great time enjoying each other's company, decorating this church, and, of course, eating some more food. So I'll look for you here at 5. God bless.
Father, we thank you, God, for your word that you spoke to us today. Father, we just pray, God. First, we just thank you, God, for your salvation and the plan that you have for us, for your hope, Lord God, for giving us a future in you. Father, I pray, Lord God, that we would surrender our lives to you every single day. God, that we would live for you, that we would live for your kingdom, that we would live to honor you. Father, just like you gave your life, God, that we would give our lives, Lord God. Father, we thank you and we are so grateful. We pray, Lord God, that as we go, that you would keep us safe, Lord God. We ask you this in Jesus' name. Amen.